Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome everybody once again to the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky, and co-hosting with me as always is the maestro of mail-order mysteries, Eddie Guevara. Today's returning guest is the one, the only, Chuck Caputo. All Chuck, right. How's it going? Okay, pretty good, Joe. It's great being here again, man. Uh, I've been doing a lot of yard work out here in Pittsburgh. It's been raining a lot, then it's got sunny, and the weeds grew like crazy. Oh. Yeah, I hear you. We, we've had some storms today, lost some power and all that throughout the area, and ho- hopefully it, it dries it dries up a little bit. So, yeah. Uh, What's what's new on your end? What's uh, new in the magic world? Anything? Uh, you know what? Keeping busy doing some shows. I've been I've been building a few things. There's a there's a little miniature haunted house that I just built based on the tarbell courses. I don't know if you're familiar with this or not, Joe. But there's a, it's like a of magic it's it's uh there's a eight volume course written by harlan tarbell way back in the 1920s i mean they have everything in there from cards cigarettes coins ropes name it it's in there and one thing in volume four is his uh, his, his little miniature haunted house uh, uh that has a rising card effect in there where the card rises out of the chimney and so i actually built a few of those uh you know like i've been working on it for about the last week and a half and it, you know what? It's on YouTube. So if you have a chance, check it out. It's under my uh, uh, her, her heading, which is Sherry Caputo, C-H-E-R-I. And we just uploaded it. So so if you want to check out the video sometime, you know what? I make short videos. I don't make long ones. It's The whole thing's probably maybe three and a half minutes, but it's really cool. Awesome. Awesome. Good deal. So uh, moving on to Eddie, what's new over at the uh, the House of the Unusual and in the world of Eddie Guevara. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, Joe, I'm very excited because we finally, I think we're almost ready for the completion of the first actual magic trick from the horror magic series on the Chuck Caputo magic. All right. And, um, the box is the only thing now that we're getting, uh, we're getting all together. So the trick should be finished within the next two weeks uh, because it does take some time for the printing of the boxes and stuff. But I got to tell you one thing, one of the, and it's really exciting. And, and, and the best part, Joe, is uh, I think you're one of the actors on the cover. It's fascinating. <laughs> oh, man, he did. I mean, he did a good, he did a great job on there. I'm telling you, it's fantastic. Oh, my goodness. I mean, you're going to be on every box, Joe. We're going to keep you. Right? We'll make you very famous, man. You'll be world renowned. Now, <laughs> now you want to sell these magic tricks, right? Not scare people away from them. <laughs> Well, that's the idea. It's a horror magic, so you got to put the scare in them, right? I, I yeah. guess, yeah. Well, better than Joe, you know. Wow, <laughs> somebody, guy, you know, somebody's faces Joe makes is unbelievable, man. I was cracking up. Well, I, oh. I mean, it, it feels like he's being tormented beyond, you know. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember when that that photo was taken. I think my wife took it of me. We were messing around, or so. I, I don't remember, but yeah, it's that's pretty comical. <laughs> it, it, it's I've never seen anything that good. It's like really good, you know. Oh, it's great. It, it's like Photoshop to me, but but it's not. That's what's so funny. It's a real photo. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? What I was gonna say, basically, one of the things, uh, Chuck, and I noticed uh, 
How does it look out there? Are you getting a lot of shows now every week or just uh Yeah, 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 they're opening up pretty good. You, you know what? I got I got a few booked this weekend and there's and there's a lot of people that are inquiring about different shows. Most are taking place outdoors. I don't know if people are still kind of leery about getting inside, but I've been doing a lot of private parties and he'd been out in the backyard, believe it or not. So I've been burning up out there roasting, man. I think it was last last Saturday or Sunday. It was like 95 degrees out here. It oh, was wow. sunny. Yeah, it was crazy. But you know, but I have to take it where they, you know, where they get me. So that's yeah. that's the way it goes. Yeah. You know, one thing that I found um I mean I I asked you that question because I noticed I was trying to reach out to Mike Mesmer and he's got a lot of uh entertainment on doing I mean he's traveling all over the country. Yeah. Um, you know, this guy's like, so I guess the venues are opening up for a lot of magicians out there, which absolutely. is good. Because yeah, it brings absolutely. Back to what we're doing. We're going to introduce a whole line of products, you know. Right, right. We need people to be out there so they can perform the magic tricks we sell, you know. Exactly. And um, the, the whole thing is just basically that, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited for everything that's happening. And uh, and now I, I wanted to. Uh, to bring something that I thought was interesting. We talked about a week ago. I think we were talking about like uh, non-fungible tokens and the world of crypto, uh, you know, crypto coins and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, Joe, you mentioned that somebody had sold over in Europe an invisible statue. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Italian artist. Yeah. He sold for like 18,000 or something like yeah, that. 18,000. 18, <laughs> uh, so many pounds, but it's equivalent to 18. You know what's so funny about it that I, I found interesting the way he described it. He says, since, you know, empty space, in a sense, has energy, and energy has weight. Therefore, it's something, you know? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, an yeah. anything to, to sell, I guess, nothing. <laughs> wow. I mean, it, it's, it's crazy that somebody would even pay $18,000 for it. I mean, that's ridiculous, but... Um, yeah, I mean, there's somebody out there who always, I guess, buy something. I, I don't know if it's they think that it's... I, I don't may maybe fashionable or whatnot to to buy that and put it on social media. So I I, I don't know what would be the reasoning behind well, that to buy nothing. I mean, basically they got a certificate, so you paid eighteen thousand for a certificate. <laughs> yeah, well, here's the thing that you kind of failed to see, Joe. I, I sent you a box of nothing a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> or maybe two months, three months ago, and and you know you threw yours out and, and Todd saved his. So when we become famous, Todd can always sell it for a few thousand dollars. <laughs> the box of nothing, you know, it's. Yeah. It's, hey, I, see some, I see some crazy things on eBay. Sometimes they got a piece of toast that, that has a face in it, like Elmer Fudd and, and uh, Jesus. And these things go for thousands of dollars, man. It's crazy. Yeah, it is yeah. crazy. But the best part is when you're selling nothing, like I see this box, this is the perfect mail order item. It's everything you dream of in a box. When you open it, there's nothing. So you can imagine whatever you want. Yeah, somebody just sold. I, I see an article. Somebody sold a, a chicken nugget that looked like a character from some type of mobile game or something. And it sold for thousands of dollars. I'm like, are you kidding me? That's well, unbelievable. Some, some guy is advertising a cheese doodle that looks like <laughs> Superman flying. <laughs> I mean, but it, it's funny that they actually would put such a price tag on something that stupid. I mean, it's that's crazy. It oh. is crazy. But you know what's even more crazy that the people have actually paid for it. Um, yeah, real. Yeah, I mean, if they got that much money, they want to get rid of man. Yeah, I got too much. Get a hold of me, and I'll, I'll take that yeah. money off. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I can put it to good use. Exactly. We can buy more magazines and more books. You know.
Yeah, more of every anything. You know, one of the topics too that I found interesting. I was watching on YouTube. Uh, you know, talking about that. There was uh, there's a guy. Oh gosh, I think his name is like P100. He has like a weird uh, coat or something. He wears spandex, like you know the old fashioned. He looks like an old fashioned teacher from the fifties, and he's always teaching about science. And he'll talk about you know the size of the earth or time travel or and you know they're pretty they're pretty good videos i i forgot exactly the name but he had one called the paradox of time and you know he went on to explain uh, albert einstein's theory of relativity uh and you know how time can fold and how you can get maybe to point a to point b and but it, i thought it what i found fascinating about it is that where he went on to explain, and of course, this is, is part of the theory of relativity. Like, say, for example, you would wear a watch in your wrist. The closer you are to gravity, I think, if I'm correct, the faster tra time travels. Mm -hmm. uh, so let's say you're standing up now. So you're, you wear a watch on your ankle, and you would wear one on your wrist, and you would go, say, 100, 200 years, and there would be a difference in time between the one in your wrist and the one in your, your ankle. And uh, same thing with, um, I think some scientists took and put three atomic watches at the same exact time and went around the globe. I think it was three times in a plane. And there was all three watches were actually different wow. at different times. So that tells you in a sense that, you know, the theory of relativity is pretty true, you know, in most of the stuff. And then it brings us back to the same thing. You know, when you guys talk about flying saucers and supposing they were from a different, you know, world, which, you know, I doubt very much, but um, the traveling could be done through some type of time bending or as, exactly. you know, they call the wormholes and stuff like that in space where the fabric of time can actually be bent. Um, I think there is some... You know, right now, I'm, I don't remember, Joe. I mean, if you're in computer, you could probably. But there, there is something in the theory of relativity. Well, say, for example, say you throw um, a football or something, and you're looking in a television. If you look really close, as the ball is flying through the air, especially if it's an LCD or plasma TV, you kind of see a little greenish, like, darkness behind the ball as it travels. So let's say when the Earth spins around in space, uh, the blackness of space kind of like folds a little bit as the earth spins. Um, there's something like that. I believe that, that that's, uh, I, I, you know, I, I remember seeing that or hearing that in a, cause I always watch the science shows and stuff like that. But uh, you know what? The reason I just brought up the topic is cause you know how recently I forget when it is, what time this year the government is supposed to release all the information they have about UFOs. Am I correct? Yeah. What, when is that supposed to happen? I think it's supposed to. I think it's supposed to, I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's sometime towards the end of this month, I, next week or so, something like that. I can't remember the exact date. I know that there's, um, there's been a little, some stuff uh, leaked online, but nothing really, you know, earth shattering, which I know we've talked before, and I, I don't really believe there's going to be anything too, you know, earth shattering. I think it's going to be all, um, a bunch of like the, them almost like beating around the bush and not really giving a, a straight answer on it on anything just you know like the government typically does right right that that's kind of you know my my take on it but I guess you know we'll, we'll see what happens and 
but I, I'm not getting my hopes up too too much on it. You know, mm-hmm. and a lot of like the podcasts I listen to where they talk, you know, a lot of UFOs and stuff that, you know, everyone seems to be on on the same page. They're not getting their hopes up for it because anytime the government releases stuff, they always, you know, <laughs> they, they don't give us a straight answer on anything. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's but true. you know Maybe what that, I would, But that's an interesting... That's an interesting subject, Eddie, about uh, about the time travel. You know, I've always been fascinated with that. And I know when Einstein came out with the theory of relativity, that was groundbreaking, you know. And uh, you know what? The speculation is that these, if, if these UFOs do exist, guys like Bob Lazar said that they use a different propulsion system, you know. It isn't the stuff we have where we sit on, you know, uh, you know, tens of thousands of tons of, uh, uh, you know, highly volatile, uh, you know, uh, we set on fire i mean these things supposed to run on on a, a nuclear type of thing and they do go into wormholes i mean stephen hawking theorized that the wormholes are used if this if this is true you know the, the, I, I think he says he said positive ions come out of the out of the wormholes you know so i mean who knows i mean i mean there's things that we just do not know i mean i'm open-minded about this you know you know type you of know. stuff you know, I, I was just listening to uh, another podcast that they were talking about um, basically time. And the one guy was saying how that there is there's really no such thing as present time. Mm-hmm, Everything's mm-hmm. either past or, or it's future. You know, you can't define the present because, like you said, if you say, well, what is the present? Is it a second? Well, you could right. break down a second pretty much infinitely and go smaller and smaller so there really is no present time. It's either it already happened or it's going to happen. I thought that was, was pretty right. interesting. Sure. There, there's a video on YouTube called The Paradox of Time. Now, I, I think that's the name I gave to the one I told you with the science. But there's, there's just another. And there's a guy there that looks like the amazing Randy, a bullheaded guy with a beard. And um, he explains, you know, the thing with the paradox of time. It's about 35 minutes. And let me tell you, it's fascinating. Hmm, I'm going to have to check says, this out. Wow. You know, it says, right now, supposing when you're young, time passes fast. So it goes on to explain in a sense that time itself doesn't really, it's kind of like an illusion because when you get older, time is faster than when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Or say, for example, vice versa. Or if you're in a plane, um, your your time is traveling faster than if you're, you know, standing still. Or, mm-hmm. you know, to a person, five minutes would have gone by real quick while another person is waiting and the five minutes take longer. So, you know, it goes on to explain all the different, uh, there's names for the different segments in time. And this guy was explaining it down to a T. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, it's, it's really a fascinating video. Um, I was watching it and, and there is another guy, uh, this fellow, I forgot what it is. He says that he could build a time machine. I don't know if you guys remember that. About two or three years ago, he was on the uh, on YouTube, and he mm. was explaining how you can possibly build one. Now, the question that we ask is this: If, like, for example, and and this is with the theory of relativity, a light travels at I think it's two hundred eighty-six thousand miles per second, or something one, like one, that. One eighty-six. Yeah, one hundred eighty-six thousand miles per second. Yep. Okay, it's one hundred eighty-six thousand miles per second. Um, you sure, Chuck? Is not a little more than that? No, I believe that's it. I could have sworn it was two hundred eighty. Well, anyway, check it out, Joe. I'm looking at. Uh, I believe it's one eighty-six. 
Let me see. It is uh, 299,792,458 meters per second. Joe, we're not in, we're not in Europe, Joe. <laughs> Give us inches and miles. <laughs> it would be, well, miles per hour, it would be 671 million miles per hour. It would be 186,000 miles per second. Yeah. So I guess Chuck was right. You know, Chuck, you blew me away. I thought it was a little more. You don't know. Yeah. You can't do meters. See, I've I've, I've been doing meters for ever. <laughs> Man, let me tell you something. Back in school, when they were trying to back in the seventies, they were trying to convert us to the metric system. <laughs> I remember uh, that. I, I could never do it. I, I never. In fact, I think they gave up because nobody actually got it. <laughs> nobody got it. I know the whole thing is based on tens, right? Based on tens. Yeah, well, you know what. I spent all the time in the military and you use meters and, and kilometers on it. So I've, that's kind of, you know, what I was used to for about nine years. So I, <laughs> it kind of, I mean, it's, I could do both. And if you tell me, you know, a hundred meters, I could say, yeah, that's a hundred meters or 200 meters. So <laughs> I mean, some people do it, but I, you know, either way, either or. <laughs> I, um, I, I never, I remember trying and trying and, they even made me buy a ruler that was a converted inches to the metric system. I and remember that. By 1980, <laughs> by 1980, they weren't even teaching it in schools anymore. <laughs> I think it was they, they just gave it up, you know. <laughs> but but yeah, they probably say, "Hey, we America's too stupid to convert." <laughs> but you know what? I don't know what the really. I mean, I know they say some is easier. To me, it's the same thing. You got inches, uh, half an inch, and then you got uh, meters. You know, and and, and you know centimeters. In reality, you know, it's like the same thing, different names, you know. That's right. But um, what I was going to say, though, is when, when you see everything like that with the measuring, they say that if the light was to just slow down by point zero, I think you go to 15 zeros point one. So it's like point zero, 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 one, something like that. It would cause chaos in the universe if just light slowed down by that much. Wow. That's how precise it's precise in everything and how everything just, you know, works among. It's like kind of like the moon purpose of the moon is to keep us seasons waves. You know, it helps the earth uh, basically have yeah. seasons and, you know, the wall, you know, everything that happens to the earth. It's if you take away Jupiter, Jupiter is like a big giant garbage can mm-hmm. that God just put there that anything that's going to hit the earth will either get absorbed by Jupiter or Saturn. Mm. They're just basically there to take the, the blunk of all the meteors. I mean, if you guys remember a few years ago, that was so exciting because I, I was watching that like when that one comet got close to Jupiter and Jupiter sucked it in and then uh, part of the comet actually dropped into the planet and they actually were able to catch in a telescope as it hit the atmosphere <laughs> and probably caused a hole the size of the Earth in the in the clouds and that was fascinating because you know they were able to catch that i mean that was a chance of a million in a lifetime and they were able to get it actually uh through a telescope as it was happening uh but you know if that would have hit the earth we would have been wiped away so everything within the universe is really interesting so when you talk about if you really look at it we we send when we go let's say to we send to mars uh, those space rovers or, or space you know Sure. Uh, orbiters, we you know the the things we send up. Um, what's the name? Oh my God, I just forget the the, um, 
the space probes. They set up the space probes. Sure. Um, they use the slingshot effect, which basically they use the gravitational pull of the planets so that when, let's say, one thing is going to go to Mars, it'll spin around the Earth like three times, then it'll go towards the sun, then it slingshots into space, and, and then, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And, and that's amazing with the precision that they can do that. So even if you had, uh, say, people in other planets or flying saucers or stuff that would be able to use that propulsion thing, you know, now the, the question you also have to ask yourself, especially for all those people that, you know, they figure out, we got Alpha Centauri. Now Alpha Centauri is three point something light years away from Earth. That's our closest star, which is very popular in the minds of many people our age because that's where the Jupiter 2 from Lawson Space was always trying to reach. <laughs> right, right. They were going, we need to go to Alpha Centauri, you know? And the hope was that there was a planet like Earth up there and, you know, and it would be, you know, phenomenal to get there. Um, the thing with is that if you were to travel at the speed of light, this is something a lot of people don't think about, and you're in a rocket ship, whatever, you're traveling at the speed of light, and there is a pebble the size of a, a marble in space, and you hit it, you know that... <laughs> The, the, you'll, you'll be destroyed. You'll be blown to smithereens. Not good. Yeah, not good. <laughs> so, you know, the, the fact is, if you can travel, there's so much things in, in space traveling that there's a good chance you're going to hit something. Oh, absolutely. So, so that brings to question is the fact of reality versus, you know, science fiction. Is it possible? Would it be possible for another planet to have life and that life, I mean, I'm not saying planets don't have life, but when you look at the distance in space, unless, like I said, wormholes and stuff like that exist and we can't see it, the chances of any, I don't care how advanced the civilization is, to be able to travel from a star to here, it's, I mean, it's kind of like more in the realms of science fiction now. Right. Is, is it possible for us? to have UFOs and stuff like that that are top secret projects from other countries or the United States themselves? Yeah, that's where I believe UFOs come from. That's my personal belief in it, you know? Um, right now, all of the sun, the the governments are, uh, especially the United States, are, are showing this weird objects that the Navy saw. And right. they say, you know, these are actual UFOs. They went to the ocean. Well, you know, it could, you know, the, the point is, that why are they revealing it now after so many years? Why have they kept a secret? Why is now all of a sudden... <laughs> That's true. This is becoming, you know, what's the agenda? Yeah, there's something. Yeah, you're right. How come, why all quiet for 60, 70 years now all of a sudden they're bringing everything out? I know exactly right. what you're saying. <laughs> right, right. And, and then here's, here's the thing that's interesting, too. When Bill Clinton became president, one of the things he swore, he was going to get to the bottom of the UFO stuff. Yeah. In fact, I saw him talking, I think it was Saturday Night Live, I forget what he was on, or um, Jay Leno, and they asked him, he goes, hey, listen, guys, the first thing I did when I became a president is I wanted to go to Area 51 and see if that, and technically he said, I found nothing, there was nothing, you know? So my question is, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, years and years, people have been trying to hit the government to disclose unknown UFOs and and all of a sudden now, within months, 
you know, movies are appearing uh, that we have actually had UFOs or we track UFOs uh, with vehicles that we don't have the technology going in. It's on Fox News. It's uh, it's kind of like all of a sudden. And then, you know, we have now the United States saying that they're going to release so many, you know, uh, and Joe, you being a UFO, an actual UFO investigator. Uh, you're a guy that traveled the world, uh, you know, doing your research. Uh, what do you have to say for this, Joe? You're pretty quiet in this. I, I don't, I don't know why they're maybe releasing it. I'm sure there, there's Joe. Joe, tell us the secret, Joe. What, <laughs> what's the truth, Joe? I, I think the truth is, is that they are there. There's stuff out there because with with the internet, social media, that there's more and more being shown and, you know, from other countries and and UFO unexplained stuff that they're kind of almost put in a corner where they have to make some type of move and release some type of information. And like I said, that they're going to release the information enough to basically shut people up and, you know, give them something to talk about because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. us as a people, we have a, we have a very limited um, attention span. So it'll be big news for a little while and then people <laughs> will forget about it. And the government will say, well, yeah, this, this is all we know, but we know that they don't tell us the truth, that they lie, tell us half truths. So who knows even if what they are going to release is, you know, is it true? Is it half truth? Is there lies in it? You know, we we don't know, and there's no. pretty much no way to do it. You know, they tell us, well, we don't know where. Here, the thing is, like when I watch these videos, and I think we touched on this before, is that you, you have these videos coming from the Navy. Now, the Navy is the it is the premier uh, part of the military because they they are able to to travel. They're all over the world. They travel the world. Most of the the Earth is made up of water, so they're pretty much everywhere and they have the most advanced technology on their on their ships you know especially the carriers and all of that you know their their surveillance everything is is top of the line you can't get any better than that but they yet they release videos that are looks like i i could take a better video on my cell phone yeah yeah that's a good that's a good point joe yeah that's a shame as that's the same with the uh bigfoot videos uh you know what i mean yeah, it's always yeah. it's always a shaky grainy type of video that it doesn't really it does you really can't see too much it's weird i don't get it man yeah so i i think that they they know what it is but they're they're playing it safe and not not telling us or they may have an idea but they're they're always going to tell us they're always going to give us some type of, of misinformation, especially if they don't know. Never in the history has the government come on and said, we don't know what it is. And yeah, right, right. Well, they, they don't they don't say that because it makes them look bad. And then it'll have people questioning, well, why are we giving you all this money for all this <laughs> surveillance on that? And you don't know what it is. The, the government will never say they know what it is. And if they don't know, they're not going to come out and say, That's we don't true. know what it is. And if they do say, we don't know what it is, to me, it's misinformation that they know what it is, but they they don't want to tell us whether it's well, from another country or from another planet or whatnot. They have an idea, but they're not going to tell us. They're going to give us those half half truths. <laughs> let us talk about, you know, there was a there's a lot of 
you know, stories throughout U- UFO history that the government has actually put out there that they knew that it was, you know, other countries, but they put it out for, you know, saying that it's UFOs, that it's this and that. So that way people can say, well, it's these people from other planets, you know, the conspiracy theories could go off. So it's kind of like you're looking to the left, but the government is over here on the right, you know, doing their thing. So they, they don't want you in their business that, you know, they, they know where they know where it's from. And I don't, I, I don't, I, I tend not to believe everything that they're, they're going to tell us and take it with a grain of salt. And I, I kind of recommend that to, to everyone that's, you know, looking into it, take it with a grain of salt. You know, you're dealing with, you know, the people that are putting this out there, they're professionals in their job of, you know, espionage, half truths, um, putting out misinformation, you know, showing the public one area while they're messing around in another area. So you got to kind of really, really look at the information and really do some critical thinking, ask a a ton of questions. And if the questions aren't getting answered, then, you know, you got to keep doing some more digging and ask why aren't these questions being answered? Just Just like with the videos, you know, we're, you know, you're getting these videos from these aircrafts, carriers and all that from the navy who have top of the line surveillance video they they have access to satellites that could see the year from the from space but yet they're giving us these grainy videos of ufos that i, I could have shot better with my my old <laughs> cell phone you know they, yeah. but but yet nobody's questioning that i agree you know, I, I don't understand they know they know exactly i i think what's what's going on there that I, that's kind of my take on it i I think, you know, uh, Joe, uh, maybe that's the distortions you're getting is because maybe you are surrounded by UFOs. And they're, they're, they're looking over your house and you're not even noticing. I <laughs> wish, man. Take me away. They're going to suck you away. That's why the cry, that's why. Actually, you know, like they say, time is an illusion. You're really not talking to us on the radio. You're on that picture screaming. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and what, I, what I thought was funny is that they, I think they came out with a press release you know, a few days ago or whatnot, they said, well, um, we don't think it's aliens, but, but we don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. To me, that's a bunch of BS. There's I, no time in history has the government admitted they don't know what something is. Mm-hmm. If they're telling yeah. us they don't know what it is, they know what it is, and they want us to develop our conspiracy theories and to go in whatever kind of different direction. But, because if they, they came on and said, yes, we know exactly what this is, but we're not telling you, that's going to cause an uproar. Oh, people be right, mad. But, yeah. You know, if they say, well, we know this is coming from outer space, that's going to cause an uproar. If they say this is advanced technology that's coming from China or Russia, that's going to cause an uproar. So their You're only right. safe bet is to say, you know, we don't think it's a, you know, we don't think it's aliens, but it's no technology that we have. That's not an answer, <laughs> you know? Right. You know, one thing I want to tell you, though, especially, uh, um, you see, look at this. I'm getting like a double voice here. You're getting feedback, yeah. Yeah, I'm getting, so that's my question. You see, I'm telling you, there's aliens already here. We just don't see them. <laughs> no, uh, Joe, you know what, Joe? I agree with what you're saying, and especially, like you said, why are they always giving us this crazy, grainy film that a little kid in a, in one of those uh, 1980 uh, Super 8 you know, VHS tapes get better <laughs> or yeah. a video recorder? 
Um, because you know what? If you if you if you have a little kid who says, "I want candy," I want candy, and you have a whole candy bar, and you're like, you know what? I don't want to give him this candy bar, but I got to shut him up some way. <laughs> but I'm gonna give him this this little bite size Snickers, but I'm gonna hold on to the king size Snickers. And you give the little kid the bite size Snickers, and he eats it, and he he shuts up. And <laughs> you still have you know you still have the big chunk. You still have the good candy. That's what the government's doing. They they'll give you little little bits, but they're holding on to the to the real the good juicy stuff. And you know, and it's it's just enough to shut us up, to get us talking, to get you know once the you know, and I, I love, you know, looking into conspiracy theories and all that, but there's a certain point where I think they become dangerous because they get blown out of proportion and then critical thinking goes out the window and it just yeah, goes yeah. all this crazy nonsense. And that's what they're they're planning on because you had the whole, you know, QAnon thing where these people went crazy with conspiracy theories. So that's what's going to happen here. You know, they're saying, well, it could be aliens, but it's not. And now you read stories that people are running crazy, you know, with it. When well, it's, it's a much simpler answer, but they're just not giving. Joe, it. they're going to do that. Joe, look at this thing right now. There's actually things going on the internet saying that President Trump is supposed to become president again before July 4th. Come on, yeah. 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 I mean, it, and, and Critical is, thinking has gone out the oh, window. It's, gone it's, out it's the done. Window. But the best part is that the people that charade this, the people that do this. Are people that are actually on the internet saying they work with the army? They work, and, and you know, there's people that just believe all this stuff. But and and that's but you know, that's well, also that's also a big part of of government and like the CIA is putting out disinformation. You know, that's that's a that's a huge part of of what they do is is disinformation campaigns. You know, that was put out. You know, for the purpose. Because you know, one of the biggest ones. One of the biggest ones was Watergate when they put out so much dis- disinformation out there and started attacking conspiracy theorists asking questions about Watergate it got to so many crazy stories when it was a much simpler answer and then mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. finally years later after it was declassified and everything that some of the conspiracy theories were correct but you had so many in that mix that nobody knew what was going on and critical thinking went out the window you, and you that's know, what's happening here you know what I'm Oh, I'm getting today's like feedback here. Cool. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you something that uh, that sounds kind of cool. I think you know what? I think I'm being oh help! I'm being <laughs> he, he's I, gone. I, I was take your um, take your tinfoil hat off. Yeah, I I'm actually I got probes coming down my back right now. Just, you know, it, it's, it's tormenting me. Uh, Joe, in fact, let me tell you something. That there, there's it's kind of like. When you say misinformation, we heard and we've seen movies on the subject called The Man in the Iron Mask. Now, the true story of this was back in 1660-something in a jail. There was a guy that was brought in and they, whatever this prisoner to this day is like, you know, they say some people are famous. We have famous people all the time throughout generations. But there's a few that are famous, renowned all over the world, but no one really knows exactly who they are. Mm-hmm. One was Jack the Ripper. To this day, we really don't know who Jack the Ripper was. No, you're right. The other one is the man in the Iron Mask. Now, I forgot the name of the person who kind of wrote about the... There was some guy who, I guess, you know, in time and everything, whatever, he, he was a writer, whatever, at the time. And they threw him in jail because he made something, some fun of the prime minister or something of France. 
And in the jail, he heard about a guy that had been there, that had died there. There was a prisoner that was brought in. Uh, the, the, he was, it was such a private thing that they, they, the prisoner, they actually put six doors between the, where he was locked up and the rest of the, the, the rest of the prison, because whatever the prisoner or whoever he was, he, there was orders that if he was to talk, they were to shoot him on the, on site. And I believe what they did is when they transfer him between cells or whatever, they put a velvet cloth over his head so that people wouldn't see his identity. To this day, we really don't know who the prisoner was. But the funny thing about it is that the writer who heard about it, he, for some reason in his writing, added an iron mask, which in reality, the guy never wore an iron mask. And throughout generations, the man in the iron mask became a legend. But we really don't know who that person ever really was. We don't know why this prisoner or who he was that nobody knew. And it was so, uh, you know, such a strange thing. I mean, you can look this up. There's another video again with this guy, the science guy that was telling about how people, you know, are famous and some people. And he mentioned the story of the guy in the iron mask. And the point I'm trying to say with that is just that's how they add to the stories. And it becomes, you know, bigger than it is. Now, I'm not saying that this, I believe this is 100% because I knew the person. But we're talking about the, the famous magician um, from Morris Costumes, okay, Philip Morris. Uh, he came out on A&E, and he had said that in 1968 or 69, uh, he talked about the Patterson film with the Bigfoot thing where he's looking back. Right. Where he actually gave or rented the costume to the guy who went out and filmed it, and then for whatever reason, it it started the book uh, the Bigfoot legend from there. You know, all of a sudden, that in fact they they gave the wife or uh, the widow of the the guy, I believe they gave him um a, almost a million dollars for the one minute film, the actual footage. Wow. Um, so that is something, and here again. You've never, I mean, how many times, and this is, is retarded, those TV shows like the History Channel puts hunting Bigfoot and stuff. Every single day they see a Bigfoot. For Pete's sake, so they go, oh, there's one there. Oh, we, <laughs> it, well, if they were, how come there's no photographs of it? How come now with everybody having cell phones that everybody can take movies and pictures? Yeah, yeah. We're lacking two things today. We're lacking actual UFO photographs. You don't see that many people photographing actual UFOs. Yeah, when they do film them, when they do photograph them, they're from the 1980s or 2000s where the, the footage is, is very bad. You can't see what the hell you're looking at. Um, <laughs> and like you said, with everybody having cell phones, uh, we have cell phones since 2000, uh, 2000, you know. So why is it that we're not getting all this stuff or pictures today? And even when the government comes out, like you said, they can, they can read a postage stamp from space, but yet we get a grainy picture that, your great-grandmother can take. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so <laughs> that's my question. My question is, it's, it's retarded that all this legends and all this stuff, but yet from even the this ghost hunting uh, stupid shows on TV, there is absolutely no evidence that they can show tangible evidence that says, look, without a shadow of a doubt, here we have a UFO picture, here we have this, and now let's say, man, there's what, six billion people in the planet? At any time, we are traveling 
How many flights? I mean, I think LaGuardia Airports in New York does like 5,000 flights a day, not counting Kennedy, Newark Airport. Uh, we're like in, in the vicinity of the largest airports and population in the world. And all those planes and everything, no one ever spots a UFO. And when they do, yeah, it comes out in the news like recently, uh, just like the guy in the Las Vegas uh, airport where he was flying a jetpack, which I believe that's the guy that uh, bought the plans from me years ago. <laughs> you know, I, I can't prove it, but I'll bet you that that damn guy is up there flying my my jet. But, you know, but the whole thing is that it's happened. You know, there, there's happening, but we're lacking enough people coming forward with, hey, I just saw this. And let's be honest, there's people out there. And, and I know this is a fact because I even did it. Um, I put a, a camera facing New York City on time lapse for 24 hours. You know, you mean to say, you know what I'm trying to say? That if there's anything strange, somebody's bound to capture it. Um, so, yeah, I'm kind of like wondering what the heck the government is going to come up with. Uh, I don't really think it's going to be much of what we have. Uh, I mean, look at this show that was on TV. I, I don't know if it's still being played. Um, Alan Alejandro, I think was his name or something like that. They say he worked for the government and he was going to expose what the government had. Do you remember the show I'm talking about? Um Joe? No, uh-uh. Yeah, the, the show, it was called uh, UFOs mm. or Government and UFOs. It was in the History Channel last year. Mm. No, was, I, don't, uh, I don't remember. I didn't see that. Uh -uh. Alejan I think his name is Alejandro or something like that. Mm. Uh, he uh, he supposedly worked and they did like eight shows. Uh, they were researching and he was coming out with, you know, saying that the government had seen this and they didn't want to say this. and But, you know, you got to take that also with a grain of salt because as, as you know, when the show aired and everything, then they started uh, scrutinizing the guy, you know, and checking out his, his background and all this stuff. And I think he had some type of deal with the History Channel or something. But here's, here's one thing that I'm going to explain to you guys. Last year, not last year, about two or three years ago, I watched a special on the History Channel about um, actual mermaids. And they made this documentary so realistic. And I think we spoke about this before. Yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually thought it was real. <laughs> and I said, oh, my God, look at that. And then at the end of the thing, you know, I didn't even notice the credits because I turned it off. They said about a week later that the History Channel got in trouble because it was all fake. They actually wow. faked the whole one-hour episode of Mermaids. They have Isn't that crazy? Wow. It's... I mean, you know, Joe, I have an actual picture of a mermaid. Would you be interested in buying it? I mean, Absolutely. If it's coming from oh. you, I know it's I know it's real. You know it's accurate. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean, what's your take? I I you know, there's I, I've seen a lot of credible evidence for for you know UFO stuff, you know, during investigations and all that pictures, and I've also seen a lot of photos where people swear it's UFOs and it's you know light reflecting off of a window or it's the moon behind the uh the clouds or you know a very bright star uh, there there is some credible photos out there but i i don't think you're ever going to get anything coming from the government that's uh that's credible and that that says that yes this is a ufo because like i said if they if they're going to put out a picture they either have to tell us they don't know what it is, which they're not going to do, or they have to tell us they do know what it is, 
but they're not going to tell us. And that, like I said, that's going to cause an uproar. So you're never going to get a straight answer from them. The best thing to do is to find, you know, some, some other credible avenues like, like MUFON or the, um, I, I, I know there's a few other UFO investigative uh, groups out there that actually have, you know, photos that have been vetted that will show some of these, you know, unidentified objects. And, you know, there's some pretty interesting ones out there. But like I said, you know, when you see those, you, you have to use some critical thinking because just because it's unidentified, it doesn't mean that it's little green men from another planet. You know, it could be a whole of, you know, right. answer, you know, to Absolutely. it. Like I said, there has to be some critical thinking in, in all of this stuff. Well, right now, are you aware of the fact that they? I think we're going back to uh, Venus again? They're sending a probe, if I'm correct. Um, if, you know, Russia beat us on this, the race to Venus back in the 1970s, I think it was. They, they were the first people to actually land the probe on the planet. Now, the thing with Venus, um, there's two things that are out about Venus. One, it actually spins... Uh, opposite of the earth you know it spins opposite of all the planets and it's it's so hot that they say the surface could be i think hotter than the sun uh, the thing with uh when you have you know things like that like for example when russia landed you could see and, and this is crazy you could see as the thing lands on the ground um i think it took like 45 minutes before it sunk into the ground like quicksand that's how hot the surface of venus is it's always shifting um, but you know, but we got a picture of, of a planet that, that, you know, it, it was hell. Now, I think if I'm correct, we've had more pictures recently of the surface and, and the air on the top. And then you have also another planet that's a whack job. Uh, and I'm saying whack job because it's actually on its belly. And I think that's a uh, Uranus, Uranus that is actually, you know, um, you know, spinning on its belly or something. So, you know, there is so much to to look forward in in the you know science uh, technology and where we're going to discover so many new things in the coming years. I mean, like who would have thought Pluto had an atmosphere and and it looked like the way it is? It took us fifty years or so, whatever it is, to finally get there. I remember how anxious I was when they were building New Horizon uh, back because I remember when they first launched it. I actually watched the launch on television. And finally waited until last year when it finally flew by there. And I was able to see what Pluto looked like. Because, you know, that was uh, me as a, as, as a person that loves science. Um, we're very, you know, anxious to see those pictures. Um, in fact, I got very pissed off when they demoted Pluto to less than a planet. And <laughs> that's he, true, yeah. <laughs> and and here, here's a Pluto, Chuck. Uh, here's a planet that actually has two moons. Yeah, yeah. You know? But yet they demoted as to one of the Kuiper Belt uh, objects, whatever. And they say there's one further there than Pluto, whatever. They, they've been looking for Planet X, uh, which they say there's a planet that, that there's enough pool beyond Pluto that they figure there's something there, but it just hasn't been found yet, you know? Mm -hmm. And they're saying it could be twice the size, you know, whatever. But the point is that, you know, I, I still disagree with them on the Pluto thing. I still like to say nine planets. When you when you buy new books to say eight planets, I think it's ridiculous. Yeah, I sure. Think a lot of scientists feel the same way. 
Um, but you know what? I really think that in the next couple of years, because of the way technology is going forward, we're going to discover a lot of things. And maybe, maybe why the government is doing this, maybe it is to deviate us from reality into something different or confuse us or, or throw us into a different thing so they can do another agenda that is hidden from us. I mean, that we know that is, is mostly what, what happens. But you know what, Joe? You yourself can admit, and you worked in MUFON for, what was it, three, four years? Yeah, three years. Okay, and uh, you know what it's like and, and, you know, what possibilities are out there. And, and you know exactly that 80% of the people you met were, uh, you know, probably confused that they had seen Venus and they thought it was a flying saucer or they saw, you know, some sun reflection, which, you know, reflected as a disc. And you said then the other 3% were total nuts, right? But my my question that I want to ask you is, are you still in any way associated with MUFON? No, I, ha I haven't been for, for years. No, it's probably been a good, oh, man, four or five years, maybe four years. What made you drop off? Uh, the fact that you couldn't find a flying saucer to bring home? or I wish. <laughs> you know, it was just, it was a lot of things, and it, it really had to do with uh, the organization and structure of the uh, the way it was. I mean, I, I don't want to get, you know, too much, you know, into it and not bash them or anything because they are a good organization. I just, at the time, I wasn't happy with the way, and I heard that they had re- uh, structured everything and actually when they um a new the guy that was on top of the the field investigator because i had actually at the time i had actually sent in an email about some changes that i thought needed to be made on the state level and the guy that was in there not the state level guy but the actual top guy at mufon in, in charge of the field investigators he was a very i can't remember his name but he was a very um pompous type individual and he kind of you know this he, he you know it was either his way you know no matter if it was right or wrong and I, I i had brought my my concerns and you know to him and they were basically brushed off and then when the new guy had come in i had sent them to him and i never got a response from the new guy and I had left shortly after that, but I know that they had implemented at least one of my uh, proposed changes into the way that they they do things on the state level. So I was kind of happy to see, you know, some of the different changes that needed to be in there, you know, being implemented. But it's very there's a lot of gatekeeping in in, in the UFO circles and, you know, stuff like that. And it was you know, there, there was just a lot of issues that I, I wasn't happy with. So, and, um, I just decided just to part with them, you know, where I was and, you know, but it was, it was a good time there. Like I said, there was a lot of interesting cases that, you know, oh, we went sure. through. What, what made you fall into, I mean, what made you actually join that group? Uh, how did you even get to know the group? You know, cause I had a, I had, I think it was my, yeah, it was my second sighting. I it was I seen two black uh, triangles. I know we've talked about this in a past podcast, and um, I reported it to MUFON, and the field investigator got a hold of me. It was a, a lady who was nearby to me, and I, I met with her and talked with her, and she said, well, you have 
you know, experience, you know, especially with in law enforcement and um, investigations and all that. She goes, why don't you, you know, look at joining? So I looked into it and I thought, yeah, you know, this could be, you know, pretty fun and all that. So I, I studied and, you know, took the test, which was actually a lot harder than I, I thought it would be. And, you know, that's how I kind of got into it. And when I joined up with Ohio, it was one of the other issues I had with, you know, especially Ohio is that we were so short on field investigators that they were giving me cases that were way out of my, you know, kind of like jurisdiction, I guess. Oh, I see. You know, I'm in Northeast Ohio. I was getting stuff down in like Cincinnati (laughs) and I'm trying to tell them like, Hey, you know, you got to start giving me stuff in my area, not, (laughs) you know, (laughs) down that's out of my area. There's people down there that can handle them. And, the problem was, is that, you know, we had, I think at the time, seven field investigators on the books and there was only like three or four of us that were handling cases. So the people in their areas, they were getting cases. And when you get a case, you have, I I think it was 90 days to close it. And there was cases that were going, you know, five, six, seven months, you know, over their 90 days because these people weren't doing anything with them. So then, I would get the cases because I I would close out my cases, you know, fairly quickly. I would, you know, I busted my butt, you know, trying to do it. And I was getting a lot of their cases. I was getting overloaded with no type of help. And it was just, it it was a lot of work. And it was, I, I I blame it on the person who was the head field investigator for MUFON at the time. Cause like I said, he was not open to change and that was trickling down, you know, the, the chain of command and the structure and it was causing a problem on the, the state and local levels. Yeah. That's always bad. That's always bad. Hey, uh, a, a couple of years ago, Joe, uh, we went to Kecksburg. They have an annual thing out there with the fire hall and everything. It was, it was really cool. And, and so I met the, uh, uh the most well-known investigator. I'll tell you, he's a good guy. Uh, and, oh yeah. Uh, I've, met, I've met him a few times. Yeah. He's, he's a, he's a real nice guy, man. He's, yeah. He's, he's a very guy. nice guy. And I, I stood next to him and I have my wife framed and stuff and he signed one of one of his photographs uh, for me and everything but yeah he's a heck of a nice guy but i've been watching him for years man you know with his investigations and ufos bigfoot everything you know yeah he has a lot of uh i've read a few of his books too i've met him at monster bash a few times and listened Mm -hmm. to some of his lectures and i picked up a few of his books and he has some uh and he does a lot of a lot of leg work and i mean a lot of leg work yeah, you start reading those cases and, you know, I, I, I keep an open mind on everything. So, That's you know, right. when I'm kind of reading through those, it's, there's a lot of interesting stuff there. And like oh, I've always right. said, I, I don't think there's a blanket answer for. There's not a blanket. No, you're right. There's not a blanket. No. Hey, the one thing that's cool about Kecksburg, Joe, is that they have a, they have a fiberglass reproduction of the supposed crash, uh, uh, you know, the acorn shaped craft that crashed in what, 1965. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah but back at 80 or 1981, somewhere in that era, area, uh, unsolved mysteries, uh, they actually uh, came out to Kecksburg and they did a story. They ran a story about this. And so they built a, like a fiberglass reproduction of the actual craft. And so, and so once the show was over, what well, they told them, well, go ahead and keep that. So you could, you could keep, so, so you know what, that's like a landmark type of thing where people go up during this festival, they get pictures taken. It's like really cool. It It's like a nine foot uh, fiberglass a- acorn craft. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we, we were talking about, you know, you know, time theory and everything and, 
you know, that that whole case, Ketzberg, there's a lot of time theory involved with that, because one of the theories is that, you know, it it goes back to the Nazi bell during World War Two. It goes to the bell. And I think the chassis for this, the actual cement frame for the bell is in is it Slovakia or something that's. It's all dilapidated, but that's the actual framework where they had this thing uh, tethered. And so, it, yeah, so supposedly this thing had spinning mercury in its uh, uh, centrifuge. And, and it was, uh, I guess, so the Nazis were working on time travel, definitely. Right. And you know what I always thought was weird about Kettsburg is how quick the military responded to that, oh. that crash. You know yeah. what, Joe? It's it's in the middle of nowhere. You know what? Our our uh, GPS got us lost. We we had a hell of a time finding this place. Yeah, and they they responded there almost <laughs> you know immediately. So and supposedly this thing came out of nowhere. So how did they? Yeah, you know know where well, you know where this thing was going to land or how it even you know came into the the area. I always thought that was interesting. Yeah, yeah. But let, let me ask you a question to you guys. Did you guys ever see the UFO? Uh, the UFO footage from Russia that it supposedly shows them uh, on a UFO crash site and you see the people walking around the saucer. I mean, that came out many years ago, but you guys ever saw that film? No, I don't, no, think, I don't, so. I don't think so. Uh-uh. Yeah, that film came out. Look it up on, on Google there or something. Russia's UFO crash. And there is some, some footage there that you see. I mean, it's first of all, it's too clear. And when you see the UFO that's on the ground there, that's supposedly mm. supposed to be footage that was escaped or you know whatever it is at top secret you know oh, but the wow. when you look at the at the people walking around they're taller than the ufo you know oh because you also have footage from um supposedly the um roswell new mexico crash there's footage that right. shows some type of metallic things and it's black mm-hmm. and white you know i mean man in case you guys don't realize uh <clears throat> I do sell original UFO material if you guys want to buy. <laughs> you know, I got some lead from you know, the, the landing sites, and but anyway, that's that's a. Just if if it's coming from you, then then we know it, it's got to be real. You know, it's got to be real, man. But hey, guys, we're we're down here at the 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 top of the uh, the hour here, so we got about two minutes. So uh, Chuck, take about thirty seconds and give us your your final thoughts. Hey, I'll tell you what, it's always a fascinating subject with UFOs, anything supernatural or, 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 or paranormal. Thanks for having me, guys. Take care, uh, and I hopefully we'll talk to you soon. God bless. Awesome. Eddie, 30 seconds. What you got for us? Well, guys, uh, we're planning to do a live uh, show. It's going to be a special, not the podcast, but it's going to be a special for YouTube, and it's going to be great. Uh, we're going to be using StreamYard. I, I know Chuck is going to be in it. You, Joe, me. We'll have Dr. Fob and the famous, you know, king of sea monkeys, Todd himself, the legend. All right. And, um, Sounds good. Can't wait for that. And I'm sure we'll I'm have to pick stop. a date. By next week, I'll have a date that I can give the people so they can start looking forward for that day. And I'll post it so that online it will obviously be uh, shown. So go ahead, Joe. All right, sounds good. I'm sure we'll we'll have some postings on um, houseoftheunusual.com of when that's going to show up. And uh, we want to thank everybody out there for joining us. One that we have here, and check us out on your favorite podcast platform. Uh, 
subscribe to our channel, give us a, a good review if you would please, and head over to houseofunusual.com. Uh, join up on our, our free email list there. And we also have a, a free forum that you could sign up for and join into some awesome conversations with some like-minded people and check us out on YouTube under House of the Unusual. Subscribe to our channel. Give us a, uh, a thumbs up on the videos. Eddie's always putting out some, some great content. And uh, once again, Chuck, thanks for being here. Eddie, thanks for being here. And everybody out in podcast land, uh, we are very grateful for you to be with us. So good night, everyone. Good okay, night. Guys. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.